Live from Guttercat Studios in the Metaverse, it's time for another episode of the Crazy About Crypto Show. And now here's your host, Crazy Carl. Hello, hello. It's so good to do another evening show. These are always fun. It's good to see you. And hello from all around the world. Welcome to the Crazy About Crypto Show, an interactive live podcast on Twitter Spaces for anyone exploring crypto and wanting to learn more from others that have already dived into the space. From NFT artists to savvy crypto investors to everyday people just like you and I, this is a place where we can come together and learn about about this new wave of innovation. I am so excited for our special guest tonight. Today's artist started creating his brand in 2010 and has successfully created an extremely loyal community around his psychedelic art. His well-known screen prints and t-shirt designs have been a hit in the NFT community with his most recent super rare piece, Stoner Graveyard, selling for over $45,000. He has collaborated with the likes of High Times, Polaroid, and Adult Swim, and now it's my honor to share the stage with him, Rob of Killer Acid. How are you, man? Hey, man. How's it going? Oh, it's going. That was, uh, that was quite an intro there, so Love. you caught me off guard a little. <laughs> <laughs> we, went, we went full-on studio mode there for a second. I like it. But That's I, nice. But now we're back, and I'm so excited that you're here, and I'm excited to learn a little bit about your whole journey, but specifically where you started to learn about crypto um, and just kind of your journey into crypto or the NFT space, whichever came first. All right. So... Yeah, I guess my journey into NFTs actually started um, in 2017. It could have been early 2018, but um, I had the fortune of meeting John Crane, the founder of Super Rare, at a a bar in Brooklyn. And he is a friend of a mutual friend of mine, and we started chatting about um, we started chatting about um, CryptoPunks and a couple other projects that he was aware of and he was saying he was launching his Pixura project and he wanted me to donate some animated gifts or some kind of artwork for it so we chatted for a couple hours and um, hit it off and I gave him some artwork and that's kind of how I ended up getting some things in the the test net of super rare Um, fast forward about a year or two I wasn't really and I didn't really know exactly what what this was going to turn out to be, but a year or two later, I really started using Super Rare, um, probably in the end of 2019, beginning of 2020, for actually, you know, starting to build the NFT brand that way. So, yeah, I don't know. That's kind of a pretty uh, fortuitous way point no. of entry into it, I think. Yeah, it's it's, it's awesome. Uh, kind of just the sequence of events from meeting, um, you know, the Super Rare co-founder early on and be able to help out get everything um kind of be a part of that uh journey from the very beginning i i didn't even realize that so um when you first you kind of talked about it you couldn't really see where it was where it was going from the beginning but when that when he started talking to you about kind of what this new technology um had to offer what what was kind of your insight did you catch on did you get it right away like the power of what nfts could be Oh, yeah. I mean, it it definitely interested me just immediately. Um, I I wasn't fully immersed. It it just takes a minute to fully get into the world, I think, even if you have an introduction like that. So it was my first taste of it, and I was like, 
captivated by it and I had a lot of ideas. I should try to find the original notebook because I was like, what if, what if you provided them, the, the owner, uh, a print of it, you know, it was kind yes. of like talking about uh -huh. like physicals, but I, there was nothing, I don't know. That was like one of the ideas we'd bounced around. He was like, well, I don't know. And we kind of went back and forth about it. Um, so I don't know. I think, I think I saw the utility of it immediately. And I really regret not buying CryptoPunks when I first had was exposed to them. I wish I had bought a few. It'd been a really smart move. Yeah. But... <laughs> Looking back on it, you could have got a, <laughs> yeah. a, probably a handful of them for a couple thousand dollars. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. I think there were a couple hundred maybe. He showed me the Larva Labs website. I was like, that's crazy. But you know, I wish I had just gone home and gotten a MetaMask and put a right. couple thousand bucks in, right? Yeah, right. Um, Hindsight's twenty twenty. I mean, I knew I was following Bitcoin uh, from 2013 and was investing in gold and silver, which is really an alternative investment. And in looking back, I was like, if I would have only been putting that gold and silver investment into Bitcoin, I mean, I would be so wealthy. It was just, and when it, looking back, you like start to realize all the opportunities that you just kind of, you just skipped right over because because it was that that moment of conviction hadn't hit yet right you just didn't understand the it, it's such a it's it's a higher level like investment you have to really understand and as time goes you know the adoption continues to develop too right so like as more and more people get in you start to realize seeing you know tripling the amount of users in just a few months how this thing can start compounding and i think that's uh one of the most interesting things about nft so from your first mint to super rare until like selling a piece for forty five thousand dollars on super rare just 11 days ago to d's is like what is that feeling like of like being able to being able to make that kind of money from from your work um well, I don't know. I'm not a huge fan of money, so it kind of it kind of freaks me out a little bit. Um, not that Killer Asset itself is is a fully functioning business, but selling your actual selling the artwork is a whole another a whole another matter. Um, it makes me feel pretty validated because I started out. Um, I, I've been making digit. I would consider a lot of it digital artwork because even though I hand draw a lot of things, most of the finishing is done in Photoshop or done on my computer. And I've been actually doing that since the mid nineties, mm -hmm. you know, um, when I got the, when I remember using going to Kinko's and using Photoshop for the first time. And, uh, so I've always considered that my artwork and then, you know, that's put onto t-shirts and whatever, but it's always kind of been frowned upon to, to, you know, digital artwork didn't have the same value structure and it's hard to monetize it. It's, you know, it's hard to prove the value. So I think the NFTs coming along actually feel, makes me feel really validated because now the artwork, the original, and that is the original because it exists on my computer and mm -hmm. then that's the finished product. So that is the final artwork. So I don't know. I think it, it makes me feel really good about doing this. Yeah, for, and I uh, think twenty years. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's we're gonna get to kind of that building of a community, and like this is not like something that happened overnight either. And a, a lot of the the artists in the space have really done an amazing job of like transferring a lot of what they've done in prior to NFTs and starting to parlay that into the space and bringing community along. 
Um, but but before we talk a little bit about that, I, I want to one of my favorite pieces of yours when I saw it uh, on Super Rare just uh, gave me a good chuckle as the cat on the alarm clock waiting for 420 to hit. And uh, it's one it's just I just love that piece so much. Um, so I was just curious if you could talk a little bit about your design and ins- inspiration for your art, what the creative process is like. Well, that I mean, that 420 cat in particular was from one of the first uh, sticker packs I did probably back in 2011. It was, I, I was really fascinated by uh, head shop culture growing up. I mean, I, I spent a lot of time going to head shops and, you know, local like tape stores and stuff. Um, and I guess, I guess I always, that all that art, all that kind of artwork, that sixties artwork really resonated with me. Um, but I kind of felt like when I got a little older, I was sort of wanting, I thought it'd be really funny to recreate the head shop, like inside of the art gallery where I had a studio. So that was kind of, that was sort of the, 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 um, initial spark of it all was trying to recreate my own head shop, but in the kind of like a loving, joking kind of way, you know, sort of being irreverent about it. Um, so yeah, I don't know, 420 cat just kind of came out of that spirit and um i actually was sitting on the banks of a river and i drew that in my just here to my notebook and then actually redrew it a second time to fix it and make it look better so i guess that's where that one came from i'm not sure uh maybe getting off on a little tangent so maybe redirect me i love it no i love it do you do i mean you talked a little bit about this do a lot does a lot of your art just come while you're hanging out do you get high a lot when you are like working do you just hang out in nature when you're drawing like what's that what's kind of your mindset when you're when you're creating art i usually a late night drawler i like i think my best things come up at night um sometimes i smoke weed sometimes i don't but i usually if i do i usually just like to draw in pencil and kind of come up with ideas Mm -hmm. um i really like being in the company of other artists and I have a really good friend of mine named Matt, Matt Crabe. He's also on super rare and he's a really talented artist. And a lot of times him and I will just be riffing and joking and like listening to music and some ideas will just come out of that. Like a lot of my ideas just come out of listening to songs and think and hearing like a phrase or hearing like an idea. Like a lot of times I just try to like take a, you know, like one of our, things we had on nifty gateway was flip your lid mm-hmm. and i always thought like that the, the just the phrase flip your lid i don't know maybe i saw it somewhere someday or i just remembered it and i thought it was kind of funny so i think some a lot of times we come up like i just hear like a just hear some a bit of language or a funny phrase that tickles my brain and it makes me start thinking of like an image and then i just will start sketching and maybe i'll do like a small drawing or thumbnail and then I'll just kind of sit down in one sitting and just kind of create the whole, you know, um, composition for something like that. And then another sitting I'll come in and do, I'll fine tune it and then I'll do some pens. So I kind of have a process where I, I don't try to do like pencil inking finish in one day. I try to like give it room to breathe and sort of, I'll show it to, I'll show it to Matt or I'll show it to my wife and we'll kind of like, you know, I'll get feedback or maybe I'll send it to a couple of friends and be like, does this look okay? And then, you know, I have about five or six people that I bounce ideas off of and that's really helpful because I like when people be really honest and they'll just be like, hey, no, that you should, you should add that, you know, you, or you, I think this is a funny idea. Like that happened a lot on Stone or Graveyard. 
my friend uh, just kind of gave me, he, he added more jokes to it. And I kind of really appreciate <laughs> that. It's really yeah. nice when you can have that openness and dialogue with people and, and no one's like, oh, you, you took my idea. Or like, you know, yeah. I, I've just always been very open with trying to help people meet, reach their maximum creative capacity and be like a, a good mirror. So. Well, I think it's uh, it's no wonder why you you have such success in the NFT community. It, it makes sense in the in the way that you speak about kind of uh, the way you like creating art. It's not it it's it can be collaborative, and in this community, it's definitely a super collaborative um, space. I'm, who who are some of the NFT artists that you've gotten really close to, and um, in since you've kind of been diving deeper into the space and um, and I know that you've also done some collabs or like some um, art uh, of, you know, different NFT culture things. I would love for you to talk a little bit about your time in the NFT space and how that's contributed to some of your art. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely, um, you definitely can't be on crypto Twitter and not be inspired or not sort of want to want to learn the language and play with the language and stuff. So I, I find it to be a completely new and sort of exciting place to sort of just network with people and, and have conversations and, and sort of make jokes and stuff. Um, I guess two of the two of the artists that I've always gone to for advice and we kind of help each other out. Like I talked to Brian Brinkman a lot and I talked to Sarah Zucker and she, she has good advice and I'm always like what do you think about this like I just I feel bad asking questions sometimes but it's good to get someone else's feedback who has experience in NFTs so those are the two those are two people that I contact pretty frequently to ask advice so I love that and yeah. I think yeah. I, I think it's just cool like hearing you speak I mean those are two big hitters too in the space that are creating some amazing things and I think it's just awesome um, to see how this community constantly is working together and like you said um, not being afraid to ask questions right because in crypto especially in it, in the last month or so, um, as new people are coming into the space, it's just so sad to see so many people that are getting scammed or losing art or their money uh, because, yeah. because you know, there's a lot of phishing scams going on and people are taking um, really more sophisticated uh, people are social engineering people to believe that they can be trusted and then they just take all their, their belongings. And so I think it's, it's, it is important to, kind of reiterate that in this space is that there's so much good in the community and you've got to really work with everyone and if something doesn't feel right or if you're not sure about how to go about something not being afraid to kind of ask because it's such a new space yeah it's true i mean it's good to have it's good to have a guide into it or have a friend or a couple of friends who will help you or also be like hey check out this project and um, there's a fine balance, I think, between asking for advice and also not basically FOMOing into every project. And, you know, it's like you kind of have to, like, listen to yourself and be like, do I like this project? Like, in terms of buying something or mm -hmm. trying to get involved in a community. Like, I, I love that you, you mentioned that because that's so <laughs> it is so important. It's one of the biggest things I talk about on this show is like uh, – I've been investing in the crypto space before NFTs were really around. I mean, they've been around, but not big. You know, I was around in the ICO and the DeFi stages mm -hmm. and seeing so many people get burned. is just you see it coming where people are going to lose a lot of money because they're not 
they're not really taking time to really figure out what they believe in and they're just FOMOing. And so it's important in this, in this space. And there's so many NFTs are never going away, but there also are a lot of NFTs that will go to zero. And it's important to uh, really have conviction about if you're going to buy into something, understand what you're getting. Yeah. Or they'll, they'll, they'll just go down and then couple of whales will be like, Hey, what about this? And then all of a sudden it'll like pump back up to, <laughs> that's what I think is funny is, uh, so I guess that goes with the idea, like buy what you really like and what you think is really nice artwork. Um, yeah, because you're right. Like a few whale, like in the crypto space, <laughs> right? There are these whales that are. They say these whales, but it's true. I mean, these people that have um, a tremendous amount of wealth in crypto, they can move an entire market if they decide this artist is going to be the next big thing. They'll just buy everything and then raise the price seven, eight times, and then everyone starts talking about it, and you start to realize how. Uh, you almost start to realize how like market making from some of these big, w well-known um, people that are just sweeping floors and deciding what's next, how they're really creating like they, they almost create f like the next they're almost like curators, you know, they're almost they're deciding like what is going to get value. Yeah, it's true. I mean, it's it, there is a bit of curation. There's a bit of psychological warfare i would say mm -hmm. i feel like it's really a psychological game i mean that's what nfts are that's what collecting is and that's i mean I, that's that's kind of my bottom line takeaway of it is like it is a bit of a mental exercise like mm -hmm. that's what people are always like oh man one day in nfts feels like one month of real time or whatever you know there's a lot of analogies like that and i think there's a psychological truth behind it like it taxes you a little maybe or something yeah so. and and also i would say you know after being in the space you know if you don't take a little break from it it does it's so it is it can burn you out or it can get you to a place where you're not if you're not being careful you you're not thinking through each decision you can make irrational decisions because you're you're tired or you're listening too much i i've started to try that's why this show i'll never there there's probably about five or six other twitter spaces going on as we speak where they're shilling or someone's talking about their art or what's the next thing to buy and uh it is it can get it can be really overwhelming because there's there's so many things coming into the space that you could listen uh, literally 10 hours a day and, and miss something that's happening. Yeah, there's definitely been a few nights I've gone home and got sat on the couch. And I'm like, what? Why did I do that? Today? Why did I buy that project? And then I'm looking at it. And I'm like, hmm, like, it's okay, though. You can't really sit there and regret, though. No, um, yeah. Anyway, I don't know. I just, at the end of the day. Yeah, we have to take a, <laughs> you just got to you got to take ownership of whatever you do decide to do. Right. Like, yeah, if you buy something, but sometimes those. Yeah. Sometimes that can really work out for you, though. You know, it just depends. It, it really does. Yeah. And, so. and if you really have that's why that conviction is so important. Right. Because if you buy something, you really believe in it. You're not going to want to sell it when it goes down. Um, I found right. myself kind of running into that. I bought some I bought some art that I realized looking back, I really was buying because I thought it would go up, not because I really really believed in that artist or that person or what how they were going about creating i just i and then i got upset when the value went down but really i should have uh if i if i would have had conviction about that artist or that project i wouldn't 
I, it wouldn't feel the same way because it'd be like, oh, well, it'll go back up or it's still fine because I love the art or whatever the case might be. But if you don't have conviction about it, then you, you're right. You get into that stage of like, if you start to lose money, you're not going to just hold on to it because you appreciate it. You're going to just be thinking about how you're losing some sort of money because that trading is so liquid in this market. Right. So... Yeah, when, yeah, it's true. When you have uh when when someone buys your t-shirt, they're not expecting to resell that shirt for three times as much in a month, you know? <laughs> they well, yeah, when someone buys my t-shirt, they're not wondering what the brand roadmap is like. Yeah, yeah, you know, right. Like this is a dope t-shirt. I'm going to wear it to this show and I'm going to have fun and enjoy myself. But when someone's spending $40,000 on your JPEG, they're like, "Well, what's your uh what's the vision here? Like what's the overarching plan?" And I I very much understand that, and I feel like artists that, you know, are successful in this space are accountable to some degree, you know, in that way. Like, what are you going to do next? What is your vision? What is your next project? How is that going to bring value to the past projects and whatever? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's at first that kind of bothered me. It, it it irked me that that was my responsibility because as an artist, my responsibility is to like entertain people and to like. I feel like to make people feel good about themselves and like, I like this shirt or I like this print or whatever, you know, but then when I realized, Oh, I I need to actually like treat this differently and be accountable and be like, you know, it's almost being like transactional in a strange way. Yeah. And that can be fine as long as you're like comfortable and in charge of it. I think you can't let other people dictate what you're going to be or, you know, get swept into a million projects because you'll burn out. So I kind of, it is, it is really interesting. So like I said, it is interesting <laughs> hearing you even talk about that aspect of it because being in a industry for 10 years where you're just creating things that you love and you you can sell, you know, you'll sell a lot of pieces of that piece of clothing or that screen print. And, you know, that'll be the, your way that you can earn an income to now, like almost feeling like you're dealing with curators or like people in a like higher art, you know, when you're spending $45,000 on a piece, someone is like there were, they are interested in like the value of that, you know, of that piece because of that amount. And I think it's interesting that you mentioned that because that's not something that you've had to think about for the last 10 years. But like you see, like you said, you see the why those questions are asked and you have to kind of uh, like almost create a new mindset of how you operate. um, If you're if you're going to try to build like a really successful ecosystem, you're almost that's what it reminds me of. You're almost creating your own like little art economy where you you're creating this brand and this value around your your work yeah totally i mean when the nfts were selling for 300 dollars, that's not a big concern because there's not much risk there but yeah when you exponential everything up 10 20 30 percent then it starts getting to be a little bit more uh you know important to have an overarching mindset about it all yeah but yeah i don't know it's it's interesting thing i don't know and i feel like this kind of stuff isn't discussed frequently it's usually like mostly positive everything's positive and it's happy but i just think there is like um you know there's something there's just things for artists to consider in the way that i think a lot of artists think is not like how collectors would think or like maybe like finance people would think so there is like kind of a disconnect there i think occasionally yeah the merging of I, those I don't know I've, i i have but i have i but i have found some collectors and some supporters that i feel are, are great friends and i talk to them frequently and you know like i i think that that's mutually beneficial you know so then i also started 
I also started investing in some NFTs this this year too more. So I kind of feel like I got swept into it a little more on the other side. So now I see, oh, I'm like, damn, that project, they're not really doing anything right now. Like their their floor value is like going down like significantly. <laughs> you know, I'm like, what are they gonna be doing? You just, you know, you don't you don't obsess about it, but you think about it occasionally like hmm, I wonder if that team is up to anything or I wonder if they're just packing it in, you know. So I, I really love that you mentioned the kind of that it is like these merging of these different types of worlds and mindsets, you know, of merging into this one space. I love that you say that. And, uh, and then like when you started to buy some things, you start thinking about that. That's just that's really interesting to hear kind of that cycle. And I think you're 100 percent right. It does make you start to think about the the other side. And I can un- I, I also empathize. Um, I have both my brothers are artists, my my uh, one of my brothers has a is selling art on crypto Twitter now in NFTs, and so it, it's uh, cool to see the emergence. But you're you're right, like it is like two different worlds to kind of combining into one, and um, it's it's going to be interesting to see how that continues to develop. Is there any um, is there any uh, like thing that you're thinking about in terms of your art or what you're doing or any bigger um, like projects that you're working on in the NFT space right now that you you'd like to talk about? I'm still there's there's a couple that I'm working towards and they're still very much developmental, so I probably wouldn't talk about them too much. But there is a lot of there is I get a lot of people ask me, hey, when are you going to make some PFP avatar stuff or whatever, when will you make some um, smaller collectibles? And I think that would be a really interesting thing for Killer Acid to do. I think there's already, you know, I should have, I should have already done it, but I'm also kind of, I feel like there's been a huge push into the 10,000K projects and there's been a huge swell of that lately. So I've kind of just keep telling people, I'm just analyzing what's happening. I'm kind of like looking at what makes a project successful, like, what kind of teams really seem to be working well, what size team you need, you know, I kind of thinking of all these technical things, like if I want to do this, I want to do it right. And I won't, I won't, then I don't have to do it again. You know, I can just, yeah. so that is kind of a goal. I think, I don't know if that would be for this year or next year. Like I'm not in a super big rush yeah. um, because it'll be, it'll be proprietary to killer acid universe. Anyway, it's not going to be like 10,000 of one animal or something. Mm-hmm. It would, so anyway, that's what's one thing I'm kind of thinking of. And I don't know, there's a couple others, but I, I love I that. I mean, far, I th- how far can I go into it? <laughs> <So>. <laughs> well, I, I love that like little snippet. I think I do. I agree. I think uh, some uh, some cool avatar. I mean, your avatar is amazing. I love it. And so I could just see that kind of style just killing yeah, it. He's and- a proof, right. That's like a proof of concept, that guy. You know what I mean? That, yeah. I kind of give myself new avatars and I'm like, I, I just live with it and I'm like, would that work if I made if I made a hundred different, you know, variables of this character? Or, oh, hell you know, yeah. which what what would work? So I think you it's, absolutely it's, love that character, you know what I mean? <laughs> so, I love it. I think it would be a hit. I mean, I think it would be massive and I've I think um I think we are gonna see some of these communities. You start with kind of the artist kind of building that brand, but when you have such a unique style, it just makes sense that it kind of develops into where if if people really are representing what they're a fan of or what community they belong to because with an avatar and it's, it would be cool to see and people that really have pride in your work would start to be able to show and you could see people 
using the avatar that they purchase. And and um, one thing that you already kind of mentioned though is in this space, you know, you get to you can actually get to know the community. When you sell T-shirts, you you're putting them and shipping them, and you you don't get to actually meet the people that really are in love with the, what you're doing. And and I think that's that's such a cool, unique new aspect of this, like building this ecosystem, is you actually get to interact and talk to the people that uh, appreciate the work that you're putting out there and building. Yeah, I mean, that is, especially now, I mean, I think also that is more true now because every, most people have been pretty much not traveling as much as they used to. And I definitely haven't had any uh, events to go to. Like usually I go, I think in um, 2019, I went, I think I went to 40 events like for Killer Ads. I think, you know, between t-shirt sort of, uh events or comic events or whatever it is like I, I i would i really miss that energy from connecting with people in real life but i think some of the nft stuff has sort of taken that alleviated that because now you're right there is like an online community you can always kind of chat with people and you it's funny you end up sort of finding people you can joke around with back and forth on twitter or whatever yeah. it's like they get your humor <laughs> yeah. and they get the humor of the brand it's like obvious to them they're because on, on like Instagram or whatever, a lot of the, the humor like that I try to like, if someone gives me a negative comment on Instagram, I don't get mad at them. I write them a, I write them a subverted, weird co comment, you know, like to, <laughs> yeah. I try to like, and it goes over people's heads sometimes. So, but I think people on Twitter are used to verbal sparring. I mean, mm -hmm. obviously like, especially in crypto Twitter, there's, it's, it's, there's, it's more lighthearted, you know, yeah. political Twitter is way more dark. I can't handle like people yelling at each other on on any social media stuff but but yeah i think you can kind of learn how to to like take a strange comment and make it funny you know like i and i and i think that you build your language differently on twitter and and using that as your the main nft platform for like you know social media i just say that because i don't ever talk about nfts on instagram or on any other social media like i just there's this, this disconnect yeah like i i I, I talked about it like i don't know is that weird March, is maybe? it is it strange to kind of like have like these two different inner like these worlds that almost don't even understand each other or really the your traditional market doesn't necessarily understand this new world yet uh i don't know yeah it's i think it's kind of nice i mean i don't mind that and that's something i also people often ask this or artists say like, Hey, like I'm like, I, I know a lot of famous artists who are like famous on like, you know, in the real world and then they drop an NFT and then like they, it gets all hyped up, but then they, they keep going with it, but they're not really like connecting with that new market. It's a completely different way of thinking and interacting. So there's like a disconnect there. So I'm always trying to tell people like to, you know, if you're really passionate about NFTs and don't see it as like a cash grab, see it as like a new world, like a new, a new market and a new place where you can express yourself. And I feel like if you're not willing to take, to go in all the way, then it's kind of like, there's not really a point so much. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I totally understand what you mean. And I think that's really, I think that's so true. Even um, seeing some of these major athletes that have done drops, you know, that uh, 
uh, that sold for millions and millions of dollars and the value of those things have gone so far down even though they're MVPs or Hall of Famers and, and then you have right. pictures of of apes that are hundreds of thousands of dollars <laughs> I mean if you don't if you don't get involved in the community in the space so many people say it, but it's so true like it just yeah, it no. kind of spits you out yeah it's just yeah it does it's interesting like you know it's yeah. just like a psychological game it really is it's just like a weird game and i don't know it's fascinating so it, it's uh it's it's a different world and it's going to be something that continues to develop and evolve and i'm curious if you've already started thinking a little bit about what what the metaverse is going to be and how you how you can even start kind of playing around with um you know, creating these worlds inside of, uh, of around your art and stuff in some of these metaverses that are, are developing. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of the intention of that is part of the project I've been talking about and working on behind the scenes. So mm -hmm. there's definitely a component of, of killer acid land in the project. That's awesome. It's one thing to create characters, but then what do they do? What is their utility? Where do they go? How do they interact? Like, you know, they're, are they just a picture for your profile that people will use for one month or are they like have a sustained value or a sustained utility like that get, that gets you entry into the place, you know, and whether it's the metaverse or you build a real life amusement park or something eventually. They could be like perks involved yeah. in that way. I think there's just so many like integrations that are on the horizon and people have full, haven't fully figured out how this could be used and i hope i you know i hope it's harnessed and used for decentralization and good i feel like that's good because I, I'm, I'm always afraid of like the zuckerbergs taking his technology like the disney's taking it and then yeah. just turning it into like the regular internet monetized central it's like i don't know if you're familiar with that tim and eric skit they have like the internet ETTE mm -hmm. e and it's like on a compact disc and they're like you know they put it in their computer and they can order from the internet and yeah. then they send in the you know it's it's kind of like creating a fake uh, like a it's like, all packaged a, up a completely centralized economy. yeah yeah that's not, it's like that's the not digital one like china china having control over the this like centralized currency that's on a digital platform well, it's not it doesn't mean that it's decentralized so you you can use the blockchain and have it in a very centralized way as well yes well i guess that's i mean the positive thing is like an artist or you could create whatever you want there's not there's not really any limit to what you can do with the, the technology and even if those comp even if the mainstream society takes comes in, you know comes in and manipulates everything it doesn't really matter it doesn't change the fact that it doesn't prevent you from doing your project or whatever you want to do mm -hmm. so that's the beauty of the crypto spaces. Yeah, I mean, you have you have different markets and as people get educated and as they learn about this space, you have the freedom to decide, no, I don't want to be a part of that or I do want to be a part of this and you can create, you know, you can kind of create your own adventure with what you decide to partake in whether you you want to buy uh NFTs or you want to buy pretty soon fragments of NFTs, right? You fractionals of an NFT that's really popular or you want to buy a cryptocurrency that you think is interesting it's just like there's so many different forms of assets and investments that that no one has if you would have thought you know when the the crash of 
uh, financial crash of 2009 happened, like none of this even existed. And now fast forward 12 years, it's like a whole new ecosystem and world is just is kind of starting to develop and to think where we're, we'll be in another 10 to 20 years. It, it really starts to blow your mind. <clears throat> yeah, no, I agree. I mean, I feel like I was sort of coming of age a little bit financially in 2009. And I, I think a lot of people were who are involved in this in crypto because I remember how that messed me up pretty big. You know, like I remember stocks crashing and calling my bank and trying to figure out what to do. And it was like, if I took the money out, if it's going to take two days, you know, like two days, like mm-hmm. by that time, it's going to be way down. So there was like, there's nothing you can do when you're held hostage by a bank. I mean, that happened to me the other day. I tried to, I had to place a purchase for stickers and they were like, and it wasn't going through. And I called my bank and they were like, oh, you have a $10,000 limit on this card. And I was like, it's my money. Like if I need to spend $11,000, like why am, can't I do that? Right. But I, and I, I understand there's some protection there, but I just, that's why I love, you know, I love having Ethereum. I love having the flexibility to do whatever I want with it, mm-hmm. not having someone to tell me you can't. I mean, obviously, there's a downside to that too. People, you get, you lose your, you know, seed phrase. You can get hacked. Like, there's different things that can happen. But I'd rather be in control of my financial destiny, at least to some degree. You know, like. Yeah. If anyone was able to ask you, like, hey, would you like if you had a choice, you can like have the banks like do this and you know, make a fraction of the money and they get the most, they get most of the money or you can be your own bank. Most people I think would say, oh yeah, I'll be my own bank if that's an option. <laughs> but then it's like, right. but with that carries more responsibility because you can't, a bank has to have, they have safes and security for a reason. I mean, you have to make sure in this new yeah. era that you understand the security aspect. And it's been talked a lot about um, today. There's been multiple spaces, but it's just like every day seems like someone's losing or um, getting uh, hacked. Um, And so it's really important to realize that if you do things the right way, if you're safe, uh, 99% of the time, you're going to be fine. You just have to be careful. You have to know what you're doing and learn. And uh, it is, it's an extra step. It's not yet. You could just do something conveniently, send it to yourself in an email. It's faster, but is it really worth, you know, once these, your investments go up, you you want to protect yourself and you've got to think about that too. So, yeah, it's true. I mean, I just, I think it's, uh, it's cool to see how many people are starting to kind of transition over this world, but in the same, in that same, right. Like as you start to enter, you just got to keep working on learning about the space because this is, this is by far like the next era, the next wave of, you know, like the dot coms, this is the web 3.0, like, it's not going away. There's going to be bi- the richest people in the world are going to be the early crypto adopters in five to 10 years. And, and it's just cool to be able to be a part of it early on. You don't have to, um, you know, be a registered trader or make a certain amount in a year to be able to get in on this stuff. You you can uh, put $100 in a paycheck. And it's just so cool to see this like new era of innovation and see so many people getting interested in it before even you know corporations and industries it's almost like the first time ever that you know the people are able to have an opportunity before it really catches on with like big industry 
Yeah, I mean, I agree with that. So it's. I uh, feel like that's happening. Yeah, <laughs> I, right. I feel like it's only going to continue to happen. Everyone's chasing, right? Facebook's chasing. Yeah. They trying to. They tried to create a coin, <laughs> and it didn't work. And now they're trying to make the ve- the metaverse. Is like, oh, where was the metaverse when you were making the coin two years ago? It's like you yeah. know, there. Everyone sees what's happening, and then they try to evolve and adjust. But you know, when the Netflix came around and created the whole disruptive tech, it didn't matter what Blockbuster or Hollywood Video did anymore. I mean, their their days were numbered and uh, I think people don't people probably think you know a couple years ago there's no way Amazon or you know these huge corporations can start to lose control of this like monopoly they've created but when you when you decentralize things that's exactly the kind of the kind of thing that can start to happen is you start to give a little bit of that power back to the the creator and I think that's so cool yeah, I tend to agree. I still get emails from Facebook about a two an ad from like 2013. It was like your ad from 2013 was paused. And like <laughs> you're sending me like I don't know. That to me is just like Facebook in a nutshell. Like, well, okay, like I don't know. <laughs> I haven't used it in five years, but sure. Yeah, you. They want to. They want to grab. They want you to get back in and and uh, yeah. buy some get more ad dollars. That. I've, I spent like $20, I think, once on a Facebook ad, and that was the result. And I get email <laughs> you, once a month reminding me that I paused it. Yeah. Trolled by Facebook. Okay. Yeah. Facebook's a joke. I can't stand that shit. I, I think that CEO is a schmuck, so. Yeah, it's going to be. a lot of people, but. I think it's it's uh I think even if even if uh for talking about Mark if Zuckerberg you know even if he started with the best intentions of like creating the social um like connect connecting people with each other um as that corporate greed gets in it's it you start to lose you can start to lose sight of what you originally got in for too and that's another thing that in this space you know we've got to all be careful you see like you said you were saying at the beginning you're you don't know really how you feel about all the money and i i mean i think i would imagine kind of that may be part of the reason why yeah probably but I mean, look at uh, I mean that look at Super Rare with its rare token. Look at what they gave back to the community. Imagine right. that's something unimaginable for a company to do, like in the Facebook model. Like Facebook is like how much, like how many of these widgets can we churn out in terms of like human beings? Like how many dollars is each one of these humans worth? And that's their mindset, you know. So, I mean, I, I think that most people in crypto are pro-capitalism for sure and pro-corporation to some degree but it's just admirable to see a corporation that's led by people who are want to financially not just like say oh we want the community we love everybody but they're they're going to financially compensate or you know get everyone involved who's been supporting them for a couple years i think that's just that's the difference i think in in corporations in this space moving forward i think that sets a bar for how corporations should treat their, you know, their their customers or their users or whatever. Yeah, I, I mean, it was insane. The super drop is such a phenomenal model of um, for the last, you know, few years of people using it. Uniswap did the same thing, giving all the people that used their services right. their drops token, and it's it's yeah. really it is it's really cool to see. I mean, hearing 
the, the the way Super Rare did it is insane because I think you know when when it got up to two or three dollars or almost three dollars at one point, uh, you you almost had doubled your sales, you know, if not more, um, just how by how much how many tokens they gave creators and and yeah, I collectors. think that's how it, pretty much how it works out. Yeah. Uh, so if it's it goes a, up to three dollars. <laughs> yeah, it, that's yeah, that's kind of what what based on what I got, I figured. You know, when it got to three dollars, I had almost paid for my investment, and I have only bought a few things, so I couldn't imagine someone that spent million dollars. Uh, mm-hmm. it, it's just like you just got like a the biggest rebate check in the world. That's crazy. It's uh, really cool but. to see, like you said, like building that trust in the community. That's that's how super rare, you know, really becomes a amazing part of like culture because the people that have supported it uh are now the ones that we're giving back to and i think we're going to continue to see that model play out you see it even in the communities like the board apes or the gutter cat gang and when a community they draw airdrop something it's like you're getting dividends almost you're like getting value because you're part of these communities yeah it's totally true i mean <clears throat> i uh I think I gravitate mostly towards subducts myself. But, there you um, go. I, I like subducts, the look of them. <laughs> Have you done any derivatives of any uh, any projects? Well, I did that one duck that was fun, uh, just for fun. But I might be doing some. I might be doing another one or two. We'll see what happens. Oh man, you have but, full uh, permission to use Crazy Carl. I'll send you. I would love okay. to see a derivative of my gutter cat, the black tatted cat with the glasses, and he's smoking a joint. You know, is uh, I think that would be. I mean, that would be so dope. And I will. Uh, I will find a way to buy the NFT if you do one, because I think that would be amazing. So. If you if you see my cat in any creative juices start flowing, you just keep going with it because I'm right. I'm right there with you. But um, but yeah, it's cool to see the communities. I think it's going to be so fun to see as you continue to build the community around your art. Um, like you you're starting to think of those ideas, and uh, I think uh, what's the best way? Or one other question I wanted to ask before we turn it over to Community Corner. And if you have a question, hit that request button so you can come up. Maybe you have a question for Killer Acid or something we talked about that you'd like to talk about a little more. Hit that request button and come up or go to the top. And if we have someone that has a question, we'll bring them up in just a second. So so go ahead and um, hit that request button and come on stage. But while we're waiting to see if someone um, has a question, one other question I wanted to ask you, you see kind of what Artifact has done in the space with creating clothing lines as an NFT and then making them in in the real in real world kind of that utility you talked about and your original you originally got into kind of your art scene with some really cool t-shirt prints I was curious if you ever are going to connect uh your you know an NFT series that you do to uh like a shirt or you know you you already kind of mentioned it but is there any sort of plan or do you look at them and think oh how could I do that how can I create that as well well, um, just curious because it, it kind of merges the old the old style that you've done with like wh- like wearables in the real world and turning that into something with like wearables or an NFT that's connected to it. Um, yeah, I mean, I think that is a definite definite convergence of two things that are going to happen. Um, I don't know if I need to put my foot on the gas and make it happen faster, or just kind of let it happen naturally. I, I tend to sort of lay back and let things just kind of develop as they will. Yeah. But it might be, I mean, that that's, that's definitely a good idea. Um, 
and it's something I've considered. It's it's I think it would be smart to do that. And if we I think if we did do a killer acid land type project where it was like more of a avatar based project, we'd have to integrate some kind of merchandising into it. it it'd be a missed opportunity not to. Do you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. I think that would be that would be more related to that project versus like the killer acid like sort of legacy t-shirt company you know because there's there's not a lot of there's not a ton of crossover there yet but i think as nfts get more accessible people get more used to them maybe some killer acid fans would be like oh i'm gonna get that you know what i mean that's just that might be like a thing that starts happening more from the traditional yeah and i know there's also you know there's probably a little bit of a run on developers and stuff at this point too because like the coding of it and it's not like you can go to OpenSea and create like this utility and i I imagine people are working on that yeah that's that's got to be happening yeah to make yeah and as soon as that happens i feel like you're gonna we'll see a lot more of like that redeemable aspect or you can go on and you know you can airdrop you know, if you have these tokens, you put them in and you can send something easily. It's like right now, mm-hmm. it seems like everything has to be done manually unless you're someone that's coding in the background for a cert- just one certain drop. But I, I agree with you. I think over time, like these developers know the direction this is heading and they're, de- they're spending a lot of time trying to trying to make these things happen. But uh, it may feel like forever in the space because, you know, like you said, like one day feels like a week. And so waiting six months to a year for a, t- a tech to evolve like that seems like an eternity in this space. Yeah, for sure. It does. And I, I feel like I, maybe I get some flack from people and I'm like, well, this may, you know, I'm talking to a developer friend and I'm like, well, maybe, maybe this is projects for 20 22 you know what i mean they're like what like let's just do it now <laughs> uh, it's kind of hard it's yeah. it's hard for people to think that far ahead sometimes but i feel like there's value in planning and developing and taking time and you know there's so much there's so much pressure to, to get everything done tomorrow but i don't know personally I, i'm busy enough with my other stuff that i can't physically sometimes do everything at once so mm-hmm. I think that also ties in with my laid back personality and it kind of gives me a little bit of an excuse. I'm just like, all right, yeah, I'm just going to do this tomorrow. But <laughs> yeah. And I think that's it gets also, done, though. it gets done. And it's important. Like it's also important to the journey, right. To be true to who you, you are and not, you know, if you, if you were to try to try crank out project after project and try to hire on, but then you're managing people. And if that's not, if that's not what you enjoy, if that's not, you know, it's, it's, it's important to find in this space, what you like to do and what you find fun. And uh, I think it, um, crypto and like NFT projects allow us to almost become a, you know, a, the, the, the dream job that we wish we could always have. And, um, I think it's I think it's uh, admirable that you say that because I think too many people get so caught up in like the grind of trying to grow something oh, f- so fast and it's like you can you just you can also relax and breathe and like realize you you are very early and you know do what you enjoy in the space. Right. So I don't mean I think working trying to work with other brands too and maybe getting involved that way like just trying to I I honestly look when people post like their 10,000 K project and they show all the, all the traits broken down onto like one page. Like I like, I'll get, I'll like download that and like zoom in and like look at all of them and see 
how did they build this thing? Like, how did they, you know, what kind of like system do they use? Like how, you know, it just fascinates me. So I'm kind of like just been studying that. Uh, it just takes me a little time to learn how can I do this in my way? Like how, how can I use this concept and apply it to what I want to do and like have it look good at generative mint, you know, like yeah. how, how can this look good where you can't really control like if a character has like, you know, a screaming mouth, like, like a swirl, like, you know, spiral eyes and like a, a duck hat, like how, you know, is that going to make sense as a character? Like I would, I'm so particular. I'd want all of the characters to make sense. Like I'd, yeah. I'd hate for them to be ones that people didn't like. Cause like they had too many traits or something. I love so, I think, I think I, a I lot of, uh, I think that's probably an artist's dilemma that is seriously out there. Like one, either people that really would like to do like a generative mint project, but just don't, don't know the how the the how to of it but then also like the they want to do a project but then they also like don't know you know they if you really take pride in your work and your art it, it needs to be important and a lot of the generative art projects like uh don't seem like there's a super passionate necessarily art community around i think it's going to be interesting uh once we see like the first really successful one of one or super rare artists do their own kind of generative art project um because it hasn't happened yet and i think it'll be it'll be something special when it happens because i like you said i think you take more time because there's pride there yeah it's true well that brian brinkman had the nimbuds that are pretty like it's not a pfp project but those are pretty those were so cool actually i'm glad you brought those up because i personality they have a good personality to them i think i love those actually i'm glad you i forgot about brian's project but those nimbuds if you haven't seen those he was early yeah he was he was early in that yeah he was before (laughs) he was before if he would have released them now can you imagine you know it's like avastars or some of those other early ones it's it's just a matter of time until they explode again uh, but, but yeah, it's like this, because they're not being released when this community is kind of exploding. Um, yeah, it's going to be interesting. All right. We do have one community question. Uh, they're not requesting to come up. You can request to come up on stage. Um, if you, if you'd like to come ask in person, but otherwise I'll ask your question as well for you. It's time for community corner. Get your catnip and questions ready. It's time for you to take the stage for another segment of Community Corner. All right. Ashley's uh, in the building, and she's also asked this um, on the Twitter post. She said she'd love to know how you think musicians can get into the space, and uh, maybe if you talk about musicians that you've started to see kind of penetrate the NFT market. Um. Yeah, I don't know. That's a good question. We were talking about that in one of those D's spaces not too long ago, and there was some musician, uh, musicians talking. I'm not super familiar myself. Um, I was chatting. Uh, I got approached by that band Waves about them maybe making an NFT, and I was thinking about it. I'm like, well, like, I think if the, I think you should think about it conceptually for the NFT instead of like instead of just being like, here's a song I have let's make an NFT out of it. I think a more successful project would be like, let me make something specifically for this NFT project. And then we'll figure out the art and then how the music work together. Um, Mm -hmm. Instead of just being like, Hey, I made a song, like let's put some art on it. And not to say that's what people are doing, but 
I feel like the the barrier to entry with music has been harder. Um, a friend of mine released two NFTs on Super recently, Alpha Channeling, and I actually bought one of them. And they have music on them, and I thought the music was like my favorite part of it. But I don't think people realize there was like a soundtrack on it that really was like important to the piece. I don't know. I feel like it's a little overlooked still. Like yeah. there might need to be a. I think there needs to be a platform that is specific to that. Like specific to music like personally i i i really like sometimes long for having like visualizers like i used to have them on my computer and stuff and i wonder if there's a way to like create some kind of platform that's like a visualization system you know that has music and art i'm not sure how that would work but well it'll be interesting i'm sure like you said like it only makes sense that it, it does get into the music industry i tend to agree with you that there's probably products that there's already a few but there's not a whole lot okay. yet um you know of like pro products that are put basically giving tokens there's one called uh, audacity it's kind of like a pandora but you get tokens based on how many times people play your song i think something like that also where you know you're getting that that revenue stream when people play your music and kind of be building that base but then also you have the opportunity to parlay that into nfts when you like release an album and um spotty just released his own his first rap album and you know i think uh I think that will eventually happen. I think that's a pretty cool evolution. I think it's just a matter of right now the people that are doing it are having to find unique ways, but I do think it'll there will probably be um, easier ways uh, of entry um, as time goes on. Interesting. So yeah, I mean, I'm going to have to do some, I'm going to do research about that. I don't honestly know it very much. I'll have to do some more research and see what's out there. Yeah, there's a definitely we can we could do a show kind of on with musicians that would be a fun one i should have spotty on and talk a little bit more about kind of his journey as a musician in the space um you know i wanted to thank you so much uh for coming on the show this has been a lot of fun i i, I love just hearing kind of the journey and talking about how you got into the space so thanks so much for uh being a guest on the show and and we'll have to have you back especially when you these secret projects you know down the line maybe next year or a year after they start coming to fruition um we'll have to definitely have you back on the show just talk about about what you what you're up to all right, man. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, and uh, if you if you have not already, please please go and uh, like uh, and follow Killer Acid. Just producing amazing art um, and now creating NFTs along with that as well. And and just so cool to see the success that you're building in the space, man. And if you didn't catch the whole interview, you can also go on to follow um, the Crazy About Crypto show. I'll post in just a little bit. I'll post the whole show. And you can also go on Apple or Spotify podcasts and listen there. But it's been so fun. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in and um, being a part of, of listening to, uh, to Killer Acid's journey into the space. This has been another production of Guttercat Studios. All conversations with Crazy Carl are for educational purposes only. You should never take financial advice from a cat or anybody, really, especially financial advisors. Take control of your own financial future and do your own research always. That's all for now. Until next time, we'll see you in the metaverse.